Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Man, I nearly lost my mind when I heard what Jerry Jones told Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff the day after that debacle in Buffalo. Jerry said, I frankly said to the staff, you got us in this spot to be as disappointed as we are about the Buffalo deal and our loss there. It's your fault because y'all have done such a great job this year getting our team to where we and our fans and everybody have the expectations that we have. You pushed us up here to where if we get out here and play great the next three weeks, we could absolutely have something great happen for us. Now, you all caused us to be disappointed here on Monday by not living up to that standard up there in Buffalo, but hats off to you. What? What? <laughs> Jerry Jones complimented and congratulated his coaching staff after that? This was vintage Jerry who cares even more about marketing, about selling the Cowboys than about actually winning Super Bowls. Yes, yes, yes. The Dallas Cowboys did back into a playoff berth on Sunday as they lost at Buffalo. And yes, they did back back into the division lead with the Eagles loss on Monday night. But this is everything I despise about Jerry Jones, Dallas Cowboys. Everything I miss about Jimmy Johnson's Cowboys and Tom Landry's Dallas Cowboys, Keyshawn, you did play for this team. Your reaction, please. I mean, look, you you are in the playoffs. That's a start. That's a start. <laughs> Is it? The coaching staff has, <laughs> prior to the Buffalo game, yeah. did a remarkable job at home, not on the road. They haven't done anything on the road this year. Oh. So I kind of get what Jerry is saying in a sense that, hey, we're in the playoffs. You know, you can congratulate them. It was a lot of high expectations. We fell sort of flat on our face going on the road <laughs> and losing the flat. Yeah. Buffalo, but we yeah. still have a runway and a tunnel to look down. Doesn't mean, which I tell you yesterday, told you yesterday, you're not going to win the division. I don't care what you your dreams are. You can sit up all night long and ponder and walk around and be mad. You're not going to win it. It's going to Philadelphia. Philadelphia has an easier road. You have two playoff teams in front of you. Mm. They have zero. Okay, you have Miami and Detroit. They have the Giants, Arizona, and the Giants. So being in the playoffs for most teams is exciting. And I understand you thought you would have a top seed in this situation and you would be rolling at home field and all that. No, but anything could happen if you just get in. <laughs> and if you can learn how to win on the road, 
then maybe, just maybe, you go okay. beyond division and done, as Richard said. Did, did you hear what Jerry said? Something great could happen to us. Not that maybe. we would make something happen. It maybe. could just accidentally happen. It, it maybe, could. Who knows? Maybe we get a bad well, you, call. You, and we uh, get you a, have done yeah. everything right, Skip, except <laughs> Buffalo. Meaning that well. you won the games at home. Like I tried to educate you and Michael and get y'all to understand you're a poor road team. When you lose on the road, you are poor. You're not good. And until you learn how to turn that around, and you can do that with two games to go, which means that the Miami Dolphins are on the road in the last game of the year yeah. against the Commanders on the road. Yeah. If you can win those two games, maybe, just maybe, Richard, something good happens where now all of a sudden the coaches learn how to coach on the road. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I don't know if it's I don't know why they have the problems they do on the road, but I like this. I like this. Look, Jerry's taking a different approach than he's taken in the past. He's done it. Hey, they lose big games. He criticizes the head coach. He says the players got to play better. They keep playing. They lose another big game. Sure. Let's change how we look at it. Let's change how we approach it. Let's be more optimistic. And I appreciate that approach, Skip. You do? I appreciate optimism. Oh, That's the way I was coached. That's the way Pete Carroll coached. Um, not necessarily how Kyle coached, but Kyle kept it real. But Pete always was optimistic. He we was. could lose a game. He'd find a silver lining in the game, find a way to, to, to correct the things that need to be corrected, and then have the players feeling really good going forward into the week. And I think that's what Jerry's trying to do. He's trying to make sure his coaches feel confident. They feel good about this. They feel good about their stability going forward and their ability to, and their, the, the trust that ownership has in them. Now, Skip, in the same breath, I guarantee you, if they go divisional and done, like I do my dance and I'm on this show, yeah. Skip, he will be somewhere else coaching next year. You know, so all this optimism that Jerry's giving him is fine and dandy, but if things don't go as he's predicting they go, they will go. McCarthy guys, will be coaching I, somewhere I, I, else. Unbelievable. You know what? I got to get a Kleenex because you guys are actually bringing tears to my eyes with this hocus pocus. <laughs> no, you're unbelievable. I just heard there. you mumble. Hocus pocus. I heard you mumble when Richard said somewhere else she go hope so. Yeah. Just five Jeez. days ago. Yeah. You were talking about coach of the year. No, I mean, we brought it up because if Dak was going to win MVP, you would have to give – if they were going to win out after the San Francisco debacle on the road, 42 to 10, Mike McCarthy would be right in the middle of coach of the year. But that's but not true. then problem. that happened. Your problem that just happened. Your problem isn't winning 13 games a year, 12 games. That's not your problem. Yeah. Your problem is when you get in the playoffs, yeah. you can't seem to get over the hump. So, therefore – you wind up getting clowned the next year about here we go with the Dallas Cowboys again. Yeah, yeah. look. Because you can't win. You, you just said they got to stop saying here we go. You you say it. <laughs> yeah, but my here, we, my here no, we go is different than it, his. It's here we went. It's past tense now because we went south. Look, Skip, I, you wait, gave wait. up. You giving up on your team already? Yes, I'm you, giving I've up. Never After I'd yesterday, this I, on yesterday's show with you two, I tried to fight back a little bit. I thought. Maybe if they get shamed enough by the media all week long that they'll finally just get sick and tired of it and say, watch this, and you guys better watch out because my team is still talented enough to say, watch this. Then I heard the message from Mike McCarthy. That just wasn't us. We're so much better than that. And then I heard this from Jerry Jones, and I said, I give up. This is exactly what I despise about the mindset 
of Jerry's Dallas Cowboys. There's no accountability. There's no fear factor. There's no Bill Parcells. There's no Jimmy Johnson. There's no Tom Landry. I did not cover Parcells. You played for him, Keyshawn. But I did. I was in the thick of it. I wrote books about Tom Landry and Jerry Jones. And I'm sorry, Jimmy Johnson. And I know both of them very well. Those teams were scared to death of Thomas Wade Landry, Mount Landry, and trust me, they were scared to death of the thunderstorm that was Jimmy Johnson. Accountability. This was not acceptable. That didn't happen to Jimmy Johnson, what happened up there in Buffalo, because the team knew somebody would get cut, if not two or three would get cut the next day off a loss like that. You play with good fear. You play with motivated fear where you just know he's not going to accept that kind of a performance. They came out flat from the start and they finished flat. It was as lifeless and, and sort of hapless, hopeless a performance as I've seen from my team in a big game in a long, long time. Just when I thought it was safe to trust them as a team that was number one in offense and number three in defense and number one in quarterback pressures to get blown off the field and humiliated and embarrassed like that at Buffalo on national TV on Fox at 425 Eastern. It, it, it's so unacceptable. And yet Jerry and, and Richard is now endorsing Jerry saying, it's OK. It's OK. We're in the playoffs because all that Jerry cares about is the entertainment value of the Cowboys. I believe this deep down. I believe Jerry actually liked part of that loss because it makes the Dallas Cowboys America's greatest soap opera, because now everybody's saying, we thought they were real. They, they just crushed the Philadelphia Eagles and then they get crushed by Buffalo. And now everybody's on the edge of their seat. Are they going to bounce back against Miami? It's 425 Eastern on Fox at Miami Sunday evening. Here we go again. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And yeah. Jerry loves this because it will sell because you're never sure. What, what are they? Who's going to show up? I don't know. I, all I know is I don't think anybody's going to show up. Skip. It, it, even if they won every game this season, they'd be people would be watching Dallas Cowboys. That's just they're one of the most polarizing teams well, in sports in general. Makes it even I more so. I don't think the Tom Landry, Bill Parcells way of coaching exists in the league successfully anymore. You haven't seen the last few Super Bowl teams, the last few Super Bowl where they don't have coaches like that. They have coaches that coach. They got music going at practice. They're pretty open to hearing their players' opinions. They, they have fun. They, they're pretty optimistic. They're pretty young coaches for the most part. Nobody's doing that old school, hey, it's my way or the highway type coaching, not in the National Football League, and having success anymore. I don't know if it's because of the new millennial, and the, the new millennials, and everybody has a different opinion, and everybody's opinion should matter. And that's just the way kids are growing up. Kids, you know, there's transfer portal in college now. You raise your voice at a kid. He's going to another school where they're not going to raise their voice at him. That's just how stuff is going now, Skip. So that way of coaching is going the way of old Yeller. And so I think Jerry Jones is trying to, to be that way and trying to say, well, you know what happened to old Yeller. Did you read that? Come on now, Skip. I know a thing or two. Oh, that, that's, that's Stanford right there. Stanford just came out. I'm impressed. Old Yeller is Stanford. Wow. The, the difference between those guys that you mentioned and the coaches that are having major success in the National Football League right now, the only difference is, is they're, they don't bring the sledgehammer. They still will cut guys. 
and do. Andy Reid is going to chew you out. He's always chewed you out just differently. Yeah, I agree. He's not a screamer and a yeller. He's more of a matter-of-fact guy, and he will cut okay, guys. Okay, but what have we said about Eric Bieniemy? That they he miss was, the bad cop, yeah, right? Yeah, he was the, the, the guy that was yeah. the, 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 the roughneck and the, the screamer and the yeller. Absolutely. So when you look at Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians is a tough you-know-what. <laughs> yeah. He won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Yeah. He was tough. He's mm-hmm. not, He's not. you know, taking it lightly. He just does it differently. You know, so some of the younger coaches, Sean McVay, he handles it differently because they have other ways of getting the message across to you. Okay. I do believe certain organizations like the Dallas Cowboys need coaches like Jimmy Johnson and Bill and t- Coach Landry because they got an owner who is – I don't want to call him a meddler because I've never seen him be a meddler, but he's kind of around sure he does. the program. He's got his hands on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. no, of course, to yeah. a degree, yeah. but the way people describe Jimmy – I mean, uh, Jerry, yeah. as if Jerry is telling a coach what play to call no. and what player to play, and that's not true. He doesn't do that. Just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but he does draft the players. He does draft the players. And they do a hell of a job. They do. They do a hell of a job in drafting and picking up guys. But Jerry loves to rub elbows with the players. There are always two or three who are like a son to him. Yeah. Maybe not Dak right now. Zeke was, (laughs) but (laughs) but the point is. They have always been known as sort of having a country club atmosphere. I don't know how you felt about it when you were there. But oh, yeah. No, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. And he maybe took, it's too fun. He took yeah. care of the players. Yeah. And, and Bill was the coach, but he still did everything off the field yeah. to make sure that his team felt a certain way. And I believe Bill would have worked. I think Bill could have won big in Dallas until Jerry did meddle and say, uh, I just signed – Terrell Owens, or however he brought him in, right? And that was the end of that deal, right? Hey, where you at, Bill? Yeah. Uh, I'm in Florida. Where you coming back? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay. <laughs> so the country club goes on, and, and it felt like yesterday the message got sent to the locker room, it's okay, no, no problem, because we're in the playoffs. We're viable. And, hey, if we get a bounce here or there or somebody knocks somebody off for us, who knows what might happen? But it's not seizing the reins. It's not taking the season by the throat, which they had a chance to do on Sunday. It's just wishing and hoping that we get a break. Well, maybe how about how about the fact that maybe the owner realizes that this is a, a, a tough uphill battle that you're getting ready to face over these next two to three games. Yeah. And he realizes that. But at least you in the playoffs. How about that? Could could that be the silver lining? Could that be the case? Yeah. Maybe he just got realistic expectations, Key. He just got realistic (laughs) expectations. Again, Skip, I'm not mad at him for having them. He's seen what the San Francisco 49ers. I don't like who? I I don't mind him saying this. Me and Jerry go go way back, like four flats on a Cadillac. But (laughs) I don't mind him saying this, Skip. I don't mind him saying what he got to say so his team can respond. Him beating his team up and being like, man, McCarthy, I don't know if he's going to be back next year if he continues to perform like this. Uh, Dak can't play like this. The defense was terrible. I don't, you know, what is that going to do? How is that going to benefit them? Okay. How is that going to help I, his team I know it's a moving new day, forward? It's not. But I was there the last game of 1992 when Dallas was about to break through a year early because they had gone and gotten Charles Haley. And they had a game at home against Mike Ditka's Chicago Bears. And they got way ahead. And all of a sudden, the Bears stormed back after Troy Emmett and Michael had been taken out of the game and taken their pads off and were sitting on the bench 
with just their jerseys on, and they all three got put back in the game. And after the game, because he fumbled, a backup running back named Kervin Richards got cut by Jimmy John. Maybe it's a new day, but that yeah. you, you want to you talk, talk about refocusing a football team for the playoff run? That did it. They you can't still, talk about time before the internet, Skip. No, that they, was before the no, internet. No, they still not, do that. Not, they, <laughs> still, they still get rid of guys. You just, it's not, it's not the Dallas Cowboys, but there are teams that are still cutting guys in the middle of the season that yeah. make mistakes. Sure. They yeah. just well, do it differently. Uh, there were a couple guys in the Indy yesterday. They, they sent them home for the rest of the, the year, there right? There you go. See, okay. so it, there are coaches that, organizations that do those sort of things. Yeah, yeah of course. And, and Nick Sirianni, again, I'm not an Eagles fan, but. I admired, maybe he was a little desperate, but in midstream or heck later than midstream in late December, he just said, I don't like the way my, my new defensive coordinator is coordinating. So I'm going to send him upstairs and I'm going to make Coach Pencil my caller of the defense. How did that work line. out for him? Well, so far, so bad. And I hope that continues. <laughs> but, but again, was that kind of a gutsy, uh, cold-blooded way to do it, you know, to send a message to the team? I'm going to change something without cutting somebody? It is to me. I, I like it's it. eye opening. Yeah, it was. Put everybody on notice. Why not? All right. Back to what happened last night in New Orleans. Now the question is, is it obvious that Josh should have gone number one in that draft over Zion? We debate next. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Now it's your turn. You can reach us at hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go with the first tweet from X-Baller. Skip making everything about LeBron. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. That's from one of my favorite movies, Talladega Nights, Ricky Bobby. If you ain't first, you're last. Did you mention LeBron's name today? Yes, I did. I said LaHoo. I didn't say LeBron. I just said LaHoo. Last night, it was LaHoo on TNT. We didn't need him, right? Second tweet's from Rob Crabtree. I've seen this before, I guess. As Rob says, it's time to update the season resume for your Cowboys. And it goes, season starts, look unstoppable against bad teams. This is our year. And you are here now, says Rob. Wheels start to fall off, which leads to choke in playoffs. Music to the ears of one Keyshawn and one Richard. Thank you very much for that. And finally, from Fabulous at 52, Keyshawn and Richard have a lot, a lot of patience to deal with Skip. I really do applaud the both of you. <laughs> That's true. I think we both know and realize what we're dealing with. Yeah. So we have to have patience. You know, when <laughs> yeah. you're dealing with somebody. I'm hoping who, this gets me my halo into heaven. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it so will. Ultimately. Dealing with somebody who's. <laughs> Who's not quite all there. You just got to have patience. Okay. All right. And Merry Christmas to you. Fabulous at 52. All right. Back to business. I suppose it was fitting that John Morant's return last night from his 25 game suspension. Put him in New Orleans going against Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. Of course, Zion and Ja went one, two in that 2019 draft. So now Keyshawn, 
Is it obvious Ja would go number one in a redraft? No, no, it's not obvious okay. because you got a 6'6", 280-pound plus or minus freight train yep. of a guy who, when he's playing, yeah. he's missed a lot of time. Has he? Right, he missed, he's missed about 90-some-odd games. Yep. Okay, compared to Jaws. Yep. Jaws played at about, what, 249? He's played in about 137. But when you look at the career statistics mm -hmm. based on the games yep. that they played in, Zion's averaging 25, uh, 7, and 3, where Ja is 22, 4, and 7 mm. on the assist side. Yep. Gone to the playoffs multiple times where Zion is yet to really get his team to where they wanted to go playoff-wise. Yep. But I just it's it's hard to to say based on what we saw last night that just because Ja came back and he lit the world on fire that all of a sudden he should be the number one overall pick. Mm. The number one pick is in New Orleans. If he was in New Orleans as a player, what happens there? Does he look like the same Ja that's in Memphis? Do they allow him to play the sets and do the things yep. that he's doing in Memphis, or will he just be? Doing something different. So you really, it's really hard to redraft yep. guys like this. It just is. Yeah. Okay. It's not hard for me to redraft. I think they take John Morant number one overall uh, just based on health alone. Like you said, there has been times where, where Zion has put up the numbers, but he's rarely on the court. And then you look at the playoff statistics, he's rarely on the court. And so and when you talk about a guy that you, John Morant, who had his team with the number one, second best record in the West last year, playing really good basketball, really being dynamic, um, leading his team in scoring. That's the guy that you want to take number one. He's the face of the franchise. Obviously, the off the field, I mean, off the court issues um, have been a problem, but it's not an injury. It's not, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm injured. I can't play. Zion's had the weight issues where it's fluctuations, and they're like, hey, we need to get him to lose some weight, or he's too big, or he's not this, he's not in shape. You haven't had those concerns. You haven't had basketball concerns with John Morant. If he's on the court, he's effective, he's productive, uh, he's leading his team, and they're usually in the mix in the West because of him. And when he's not on the court, you see, they're they're six and nineteen ball club. Yep. Uh, and that's that's the big difference. Obviously, they're missing other pieces that they had last they year. Are. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Steven Adams and, uh, and Dylan Brooks. But at the same time, they were missing him. He's the main ingredient that they were missing. So if I'm doing a redraft in this draft particularly, I'm taking John Morant, no question about it. It's not even a debate. Mm. Okay, so before that draft, I went slightly Zion over jaw, and I did it strictly on size as you started off with Keyshawn. Girth, strength, stature. That, that overpowering athletic explosiveness of Zion at, at a bigger size than obviously Jai is as we went back and forth. I think he's listed at 6'2". He's somewhere in that ballpark. Listen, to your point, Kijan, when Zion has been right in pro basketball, he's been way right. He, he's been all-time right. He's been historically right because that second year in the league, he did manage to play 61 games. He made 61% of his shots. It's, it's just impossibly great. It's, it's a, an automatic bucket. You get it into him inside, and he's going to get to the free throw line or get to the rim because once he's cooking in there, he's unstoppable. But speaking of cooking in New Orleans and cuisine in New Orleans, he's <laughs> fought his weight the whole time. And I started off the show saying that to my eye last night, 
Ja, having not played basketball in a real game in eight months, looked in better overall physical condition, especially in the fourth quarter, than Zion looked. And that's just wrong. As you know, and to Richard's point, too, he's been hurt, and he's been hurt, and then he's out of shape, and he gets more out of shape when he's hurt. And it's just hard for me to cling to the notion that long-term he's going to be more valuable than Ja. Now we got to see how Jaw handles himself, obviously, off the court. We all hope that, that he'll get that right and he'll grow into it and, and, and mature into a leadership role and a face of the franchise that I believe he can. And if he does, then he will ultimately be more long-term valuable than Zion appears to be because Zion's all. Or it looks like Zion's never going to be in great shape or... Right. Cons- consistently healthy because of not being in great. Yeah, everything you just said is 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 factually true. Everything, out of shape, beignets every other night. All, all of that is true. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. Days. There's no question about yeah. it. But here's what I would say to that, though, Skip. The guy missed a whole season. He did. And guess what they did? They said, "Here, man, we want to sign. We're gonna max you out." <laughs> yeah. So, so no, you're right. It, and and, it, and so I, that just says that they or conflicted on they could have moved him. They could have. They could have moved him. New Orleans could have moved him, but they said, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. Why, who, why are we going to move this? We're not stupid. Let's see. I don't know. Let's see if he stays healthy long enough, gets himself into some sort of shape with C.J. McCollum yeah. as the leader, the veteran guy there yeah. that tries to put well, him. Well, Brandon Ingram's the best player on the B. team. B.I. is yeah. one of the best players on the team, yeah. no question well, about I mean, it. But let's best? put him. Well, C.J.'s had his moments, too. Let's put yeah. him B. underneath yeah. our wing, and let's see yeah. if we can get him to grow. I'm not saying that Ja doesn't deserve to be the number one guy. Ja's, but it's who you like, yeah. what you want. Because mm-hmm. when you redrafted, we can re- redraft in a lot of sports based on guys having the first couple years more significant than a guy that, that went in front of them yeah. all day long. If we redrafted Richard Sherman's class, oh. he went, you went to what, fifth round, Rich? Yeah. I don't even know the other corners that played in you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I bet Richard who, does. Who are those guys? So if we redrafted based on your first several years in the league, we're going to push you up in front of them and move down. So where, where would Richard, where do you think you would go right now? I mean, given your career, if you redrafted. Well, we had a we had a great draft class with with Cam and and Vaughn and Julio and AJ Green. No, and I mean Tyron your position. Yeah. My position, I'd go one. I'd go. I mean, it'd be between me and Pat Peterson, depending on your oh. per- preference. I would imagine. Pretty good, but, but that's um, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. all preference. So that, that'd be. It's all preference. And that's yeah. the thing with Zion and Josh. It's all wait, preference. Wait, where did Pat go in the draft? Do you remember? Because we had him on the show. I want to say right he went four. Yeah. Four he or five. Went high? He went Ooh. high. God. He went five. to Arizona. Five. Yeah, five then, in Arizona. Then Richard is going to go top five, I think. Top ten. He, he'll, sure. he'll go higher than he went when he was drafted yeah. if they're looking at <laughs> his first couple years yeah. in the league. You know, his first you'd have to years. know what you know about Richard's productivity because yes. Richard didn't what, – what is it? Time fast, Richard? You didn't – yeah, I didn't test well. You didn't test and well. And he went yeah. to Stanford, so that ain't. And it's like, yeah. sheesh. But, but what I'm saying is, Keith, key, I, I, just, I just don't see how you could, even if you, with, with hindsight being, being 2020, you could see he's the third best player on his team right now in Zion. Yeah. And I would take him over John Morant right now. I, I just couldn't see it. Is he, he's is not he even the, the third best guy best, on is his he, team. Is he the 
third best player in your eyes because of his health? Because from an athletic standpoint and everything, he's the number one guy on the team. So it must yeah, be but the your concern has got to be with health. Well, uh, it's health, it's weight, it's, 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 it's uh, uh, the best ability sometimes is availability. Yep. And if you're not available, then how can we depend? Sometimes it's dependability, but they're, they're hand in hand in a lot of these situations. Right, and so, if you're not available and dependable. Yeah. So this is important. Fair. One of my favorite expressions, I think I invented it, coined it, is prisoner of moment. We got to be careful we're not prisoner of last night's moment because I watched a game Zion played two weeks ago against Minnesota. Ridiculous. And Minnesota's got two big guys. Yeah. One of them's really, really big. And Zion tore both of them up. Almost broke one yeah, dude's hand. He did. And he went, Zion went in that game 13 of 17. He made 10 of 12 free throws. He scored 36 points and dominated the game. Well, if, if you were a prisoner of that moment, you'd say, okay, there, there it is, right? And then last night, Ja takes over the game in the second half. They get run out of the, their own building 54 to 32 in the second half. And I'm looking at Zion's numbers for the game. He was a minus 13 while Ja was a plus 12. Minus 13 was the worst on his team. And you want to talk about a no-show for Zion last night? He scores a grand total of 13 points. He had three rebounds. He did have four assists because he's always pretty nifty with the basketball distributing. But, but three rebounds and 13 points, it's just wrong. And, and he still played 25 minutes. He, he, he rebounds low for his size because his career rebound average is seven. And you would, you would think a, a guy with that stature and girth – and, and explosiveness and leaping ability. Couldn't you do better than seven rebounds? Couldn't you average 10? Well, he's not always in the box, though, yeah. either. He's just not always. He, he's, yeah. he plays a perimeter game. Yeah. He gets down low a little bit, but most yeah. of his stuff is on the perimeter. Yeah, and then Zion had a shot um, that he missed. It's 109 left, and we could see it. This is a big shot in the game where he took the ball down the lane, and if he could cash this, we might be having a different conversation if we could see it. Zion takes it, and I think, oh, he's going to slam it. He tries to go up and under, and he missed it, okay? Just go up hard. I, I, do, do you think he might dunk, like, two players and the basketball in the basket? Yeah, he probably could have. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he saw Jaron Jackson. And, yeah, and I know. He's, he's a great I, shot blocker. Well, no, for I a dude it. that's that big moving that – see, you see what I'm saying? The fact that he can get from the top of the key to the cup it's with rare. two dudes closing on him, it's just rare. be able to elevate, yep. switch around with the shoulders, and English the basketball. I mean, like, come on. You, you but, but that's, that's my perfect example, Key, because he goes down and does that, and John Morant goes down on, at the <laughs> other end and wins the game. No, doing I, the exact I, I, same I understand. no, I get that, but, but it's just, it's, when you have a talent like that, man, it's just hard to say, yeah, I'm giving up on it because there's always the what if factor. Yeah. When you are talking about from a personnel front office standpoint, what if I trade him to wherever? Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. this dude win three championships in five years. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm going to be looking right. like the damn fool. Yep. So you got to be careful. I hear you. I agree. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. 
marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. A.J. Brown went back and forth with a fan on Twitter about what really happened on a third and eight play with a minute and 41 left in the third quarter and the Eagles leading 17 to 10 at Seattle on Monday night. A.J. responded to the fans' interpretation of that failed play by saying, y'all fans swear y'all know everything. It's a shot play to me. I'm the first read. He just missed the throw. When the you-know-what works, everyone is happy. When I make plays, everyone happy. But when it's incomplete, it's I'm making him throw me the ball. I get blamed for more you-know-what than anything. Tired of y'all playing with my character, said A.J. Brown. So, Richard Sherman, do you like or have a problem with A.J. Brown responding that way? Yeah, as somebody who responds frequently yeah. and has responded throughout my career, mm -hmm. I have no problem, and I cannot be a hypocrite in this situation and say I have a problem with him responding. Now, his response, I do have a bit of a problem with because you left too much gray area. You left too much up for interpretation. Yep by the outside world. And that's why we're sitting here talking about it now. Because if you if you read it just initially, your gut reaction will be like, dang, is he taking a shot at, at his quarterback? Yeah. And clearly he's not. Clearly he has a lot of love and respect for his quarterback. They have a great relationship. But if somebody didn't know that, if somebody just took what he, what he said and out of context, they would say he, he might be taking a shot at his quarterback. And that's not true, but you leave it to that, and you're going to have to answer questions about that now because you went back at them with something where you weren't as clear as you possibly could have been. And now they're going to be sitting there saying, well, is there beef between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown? No, there isn't, but that's what we'll speculate now. What, what did he say, Richard, that makes you say that? He missed the throw. It's it. He said he missed the throw. Yeah. He just missed the throw. That I mean, okay. I don't, yeah. I, 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 right. Yeah, I guess maybe I'm too dialed into it, right? I'm, I'm, I've played the position. I understand the body language. I understand the route tree. I understand what they're looking at and what they're trying to do. And, yes, uh, Devontae Smith is coming underneath on a crosser. But like you know, and I know, Richard, and to a degree you know, Skip, from being at practices and covering everything. 
These shot plays, these sort of things that happen in games are repeated in practice on every single card, seven on seven, uh, uh, red zone, whatever we're doing, that particular play is open 99.9% of the time in practice. To Devontae or AJ? To AJ. Yeah. And so what happens in a game yeah. is the quarterback drops back and it's going to be open. We got the look. Everything is perfect. This is exactly what we know. And he, he pre-snap reads it and says, I'm going to throw it. And then by the time he realizes it's probably going to fall short, he didn't get over the top of him. I probably could have came underneath yeah. to Devontae is probably not being told to him in practice. If it ain't clean, dump it down. If it ain't clean, dump it down. Now, what people will say is he should be doing that anyway. It doesn't work like that, man. I've been in so many situations where I've been a decoy in understanding that we're trying to get the football to somebody else, but I've also been the number one guy in the primary and understand that we're trying to get me the football on this certain down and distance part of the field in this particular play. And when we get in the game, it's not the look we thought, and we still try to complete it, and it falls incomplete. And the first thing people try to say is, oh, he didn't get open. He didn't do – no, man, sometimes the defense do win. That's just the reality right. of it. Sometimes the defense does win. So, Keyshawn, what good did it do ultimately for A.J. to defend himself like that on Twitter? Because he's tired of people. I don't, I'm not, you know, you got to say some egregious things out to me on social media for me to respond to. You got to mm -hmm. be like bad language and going after my family and yeah. all that sort of weirdness. But he's tired as somebody like Richard who, you know, they, they enjoy the social media aspect of things and communicating with their fans or whatnot. He's getting tired of people saying the only reason why he's getting the opportunities is because when you go all the way back to week two, I believe, mm -hmm. that was where he allegedly had a confrontation on the sideline with his quarterback. Yep. And then everybody took his communication, his animate communication, using his hands and talking and frowning and going back and forth as to buddy, buddy ball, which means you got to get me to football all the time. So he goes on a tear on a six, seven-week tear. He did. And then all of a sudden. It was 125 or more yards for six straight games. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so now all of a sudden, Skip, <sighs> people were looking at it and saying, well, he, if he would have just threw the ball to Devontae Smith instead of trying to throw it to you because you That's are going to get saying. mad at him and you are going to, you know, have a hissy fit, da 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 da, -da. I don't blame him. Because that's out of right. K. That's not who he is. He's trying to let you know. Don't paint me like that. I went through it my entire career. Well, some of it was self-doing because I wrote a book, said, just give me the damn balls, you know, Skip. And then the first thing people say <laughs> is every single time, all I'm doing is asking for the ball, yeah. which is dead-ass wrong. That is not the case. But people will interpret well, things he, the way they do. Well, you, you, could, you could understand why they would think you want the ball all the time. Well, I said that. I admit it. Saying, give me the I, ball. I admit it. Just give me the damn ball. New York Times bestseller still sells go out there on Amazon and buy for you Christmas. You can get it right now for Christmas, right? Amazon. Come on now. still relevant to this day. Um, it is. But, but I agree with you, Key, because you go through these reps. That's one of the plays. That's one of the plays that is redlined in yes. practice. Like, that's one they're going to call that they expect to be an explosive play. And, hey, we need you to put this one up. We don't need you to check the ball down. We don't need you to throw it to Devontae. We need you, hey, if we get one-on-one, -on -one, put it up to AJ, and let's see what happens. He got the one-on-one. -on -one, he put the ball up. He just missed it, 
missed a, missed it, you know, and that is what it is. But you're right, Key, that, that they've gone through that in practice over and over. It's an out and up, double move. They expected it to be better. I, I don't know. The way he threw it, I don't know if he expected him to, to sit it down, though. You know what I mean? Like I, if it's an out know. and up comeback. I don't, I, don't, I don't either, but the, where he put the ball, it almost looks like he expected him to sit it down maybe. Because I just don't see him missing by five yards like this. Keyshawn, Richard, yes. all this is irrelevant, should be irrelevant, because he's A.J. Brown and the fan is some <clears throat> fan. That, that's all that matters. I do blame him for firing back because it just doesn't matter what some fan says about you on Twitter you, you got bigger fish to fry. You, you got more important things to worry about because you're so much better than this. You're so much better than that follower or that fan. You're, you're way better. You're A.J. freaking Brown. You, your team has lost three straight games. You're frustrated. You had a great stretch, and you were on fire, and your team got to 10-1. and one. And your team was very fortunate to win four straight games that it did before it had a three-game skid that it's now in the middle of. Now you got three winnable games, and you got to get back on that horse and ride it home, and you still got a chance to have a great season, and who knows, maybe even get back to the Super Bowl. But the point is, I, I don't know why A.J. would stoop to respond to that, because it, it, it's all irrelevant. It's not like another... If, if another cornerback, if, if somebody on another team took a shot, maybe you'd want to respond on Twitter, fight fire with fire. But this is just some fan on Twitter. You, you're, you're so much above that that it, it doesn't count. It shouldn't count for you. You, you don't respond, right? Uh, well, yeah. look, here, you, you say this, I, this, this wasn't about your family. No, right? I understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't play in this era. Richard Sherman consistently tries to knock me in the head to get me to believe if I played in this era that I would be responding. I've gone back in my mind over and over, not just about A.J. Brown, but there's other players, Michael Parsons. There's different people that respond to different criticisms. I had to respond to writers because those are the only ones I could see that would write something and they would try to come be in your locker. So now I can communicate respond with face them. to face. But I'm going to respond yeah. face to face yeah. with them. I wasn't. I didn't have social media. No. Even though some of it might have been coming around late in my career, I just don't do it. He's responding because he's tired of it, as he said. You right. keep trying to demean my character, is what he's saying. Not just to this fan, many fans across the sports spectrum continue to say, A.J. Brown is the reason he's getting the balls because it is. And A.J. Brown is that. And look what he's doing to the quarterback that. It happens. And as a player, Richard knows. When you are watching these games on television and the television announcers is saying, oh, there's an argument over there on the sideline. It looks yeah. like that. And that's not even an argument. We're having a conversation. Right. But what happens is the people that are calling the games then seek in the mind of others what they're watching for them to be able to say, oh, it looks like they're having an argument. That's just what right. so-and-so said. And you get tired of that as a player. You just do. I mean, you get tired yeah, of those type of things as a player. Mm. So you get you get tired, and that's the thing. Oh, sorry, just get. No, that's all right. Look, every wide receiver I've ever known, and I've known them back to the 1970s, was a little crazy because the position made them a little bit crazy. The position is a dependent position. You can't control your fate. What's your line about? I need 11. You need 11, including and, and, and the, the play caller. Because right? you're taking me out. I'm. 
I got to do my job. And once you remove me from the 11, the coordinator has to step in and do his job. You can run the greatest route you've ever run Absolutely. in your life. It's yeah. perfection. It's beauty. You smoke a future Hall of Fame cornerback, and you look back, and the ball went to somebody else. And you're like, what, what are you doing, Vinny? You're like, right? What, but, what but, are you, but see, what are you, what you, you know, like AJ said, AJ knows a shot play. Yep. It's his ball. Mm -hmm. There's no question. They're ball. going to him. They're not going to Devontae. Yeah. So I already right. know when we when we call a certain route or a certain play, I'm either going to lift the coverage, as I said before, or I'm going to be the main guy that's going to get. I already know. I just you just know it, this isn't drawing up plays and telling the quarterback drop back and find an open man. Yeah. This isn't pick up basketball. A, yeah, go, Rich. Here's the thing. It's it, the, the, the hardest part about this is AJ's frustrated about the loss as much as anybody. I'm Absolutely. sure he's a leader on yeah. his team. He's a competitor. Yeah. But there are very back in the day, there were very few ways in which fans could touch players in their homes, in their homes, in their private time, in their yep. in their bed, on their couch, sitting there. But when you get this social media, he's reading that while he's going through while he's at his house. While he's in his house, in his home, in the privacy, he's frustrated, you know, venting to wherever he's venting to. His emotions, you know, he's going through whatever he needs, his process to deal with a loss. And while he's doing that, he's reading social media. And that's when they're poking at him. They're poking a the bear. They're poking a the bear. They're poking a bear. That's when you get a response. It's because he's at his house. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, social media is existing Fans can touch you. Fans can put things in front of your face. They can put messages in front of your face now. They can do things that weren't possible before. And so there will be more situations like this where guys respond, but and right, that's what happened. They Richard, caught him in a vulnerable moment. They can't touch you unless you let them in your house. You, you have to open it Which up and start reading open it. Open right? Okay? You, you can just right. say no to it, and if you don't open it, they can't come in your door, right? They it's, can't it's, get in your psyche. It feels to me. For this, I don't know what I call it, generation or whatever, yeah. it feels to me that it's very hard. And that's why I say the social media thing is a disease. It really it is. is. Yeah, and it's extremely hard yeah. for people to ignore it. Skipping. When we was playing, like Richard said, I got letters in the mail about, you know, just derogative, just sure. right. And, and, my assistant would open it, say, you want to read this? What is it? Blah, blah, blah. I'll throw that in the trash. It's different now. Yeah. You know, even if he doesn't open it, it may be on one of those timeline things. He yeah. just happens to see it. You just don't know. Yeah. And I don't blame him. If that's what he wants hey. to do to clear his mind, plus on top of that, Richard, and, and Skip, he's looking across the field. And guess who he's looking at? His buddy. Balling out in the he end does. to help his team win. Yeah, you don't think he's like, oh god, that's a nightmare. That's a nightmare when you got the guy opposite of you, balling in the end, and you can't, you know, you can't do what you need to do to help your team win. Yeah. So my final two cents on this: I'm not sure anybody gets bashed on social media more than I do. At least that's what my wife tells me. But I don't read a word of it. And I always tell her, I don't want to hear it. Some of the stuff they say. Do you know? No. I don't. <laughs> I'll bet you do. I know Richard does. No, Rich probably don't. Yeah, I definitely pay, do. I don't yeah. pay that stuff any attention. Anything right. I said, people got to tell me. All right. Neither do I.